0: Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at I am sativa both S's. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at I C. Sativa Pod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor.fm, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps. Helps us keep the lights on pay rent pay for hosting equipment and travel and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have five dollar and above tiers if you're feeling extra generous and a special thanks goes out to our current patreons and supporters shout out to our friend Howdy y'all. Dan Scotland here joining you from legal, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. Today's episode is a very special episode. Um, we have a very special guest. Um, we, so we talked, so I talked with Alex Halperin of, um, Weed Wake. Um, that's a publication that, that, um, talks about cannabis news and, um, they also have a audio podcast as well, too. Um, so let's, let's let's go into it um so weed week is a saturday morning newsletter on america's fastest growing most interesting industry leading cannabis executives and advocates appreciates its credibility and even-handed perspective on the latest cannabis politics business health criminal justice and culture it is the best way to stay up to date in the ever-changing industry. Weed Week was started in 2015 by Alex Halprin, a business journalist who has written for Fast Company, Rolling Stone, and numerous other publications. And I'm going to read his bio here as well, too. So Alex Haprian is the founder, editor, and publisher of Weed Week. Before he started covering marijuana legalization in 2014, he reported on topics such as fracking, healthcare, technology, and finance. His work appeared in The Guardian, Slate, Fast Company, Quartz, and The Washington Post, as well as Mother Jones, the New Yorker and many other publications. His first book, The Cannabis Dictionary, was published in March. He lives in Los Angeles. So yeah, um, so they, so they are a publication that publishes, um, various cannabis news and, and topics. They also have a podcast as well, too, that, that you guys should also check out. Um, I'm going to link to all of these things in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get to the
1: episode. Hi, hey, this is Alex Halperin with Lead Week. How are you? Good.
0: Um, how about you, Alex? Is, is things going well?
2: Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. can you know, all things considered, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, COVID is sort of um, has ruined every. Sort of sense of, of of routine and has put a lot of sort of lives in danger and um um I'm 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 thankful for my health in these times um and I'm sure you are as well too.
2: <laughs> indeed, indeed.
0: Yeah. Um. So. So um. I just. So, um, I, I kind of know about, I mean, I know about your, your background and, you know, what, what you do and, um, the, the sort of, i and I've looked through the great work at, um, that you guys have over at, uh, Weed Week, um, looking through some of the articles, um, and there was one that was pretty sort of interesting about the COVID trends that will tie into one of the questions I'll ask, but, um, but, but let's, let's, let's get to it. Um. Sure. So so I just kind of so to sort of start things off um I I was just sort of um like curious as to
2: what um Are we recording now?
0: Yeah, we're recording now.
2: Yeah. Okay, great.
0: Okay, so I was just And would you
2: just, want me to record myself and then send that to you?
0: Yeah, that would actually make things um easier and, and better. For and for the sound me.
2: quality should should be a little better as well. Yeah. Okay, let me let me just set that right up. Hold
1: on. All right. Okay, I'm recording. All right. Okay, so um it's kind of like the first
0: question that I I I wanted to to ask. Um so as you know, there's sort of been like a contentious sort of relationship between um cannabis and sort of the alcohol community, especially since the um former being the cannabis cannabis community is still sort of new and is catch up in terms of rights and accessibility. Now that sort of sanitation and safety are such a huge priority to a lot of consumers and companies, do you notice that the cannabis do you notice the cannabis community relying on the alcohol community for their sanitation needs or is cannabis sort of helping out alcohol to sort of stay to sort of stay afloat and stay sanitized and and, and safe. Um, What do you notice are the relationships between sort of the two groups at this sort of moment?
2: I don't don't know that much, to be honest, about how they may be collaborating on sanitation. Um, I do know there's sort of a frenemy relationship between COVID and cannabis, uh, excuse me, between cannabis and alcohol. Um, and that sort of plays out in a lot of sort of at the local level in in a lot of ways. Like in, in Napa Valley there's tension between wine growers and um, <clears throat> cannabis farms. And but then in Canada you have some of the biggest alcohol companies in the world investing in in cannabis drinks, um, which is a whole nother thing. So you, you know, it's a it's a complex an evolving relationship, I I would say. I'm I'm not really sure how they are um, or if they are really collaborating operationally when it comes to to COVID-related stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly interesting, um, you know, sort of like the – Sort of the contrasting environment as opposed to like what the US has and what, you know, Canada has. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's to my knowledge that I believe what is it, um, Constellations brand or something like that, 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 um, yeah. I think, yeah. So, and, you know, like, you, you know, in Canada, like you're seeing just a lot more sort of, um, I don't know. It just, I just feels like it's sort of less, less like the different segments are less in, in 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 contention with each other like i mean in the states i i believe in oregon they were there was a time when they were doing cbd beers and then because of like the fda and what, what 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 not saying you can't add cbd into beer that got shut down but i mean i i do feel that there's a little bit of that in the states to the extent that some states can get away with it or some states can facilitate facilitate that sort of collaboration but I mean, due to the due to the federal government and due to a lot of other institutional barriers, it's not really being a. I feel like some of the contention is artificially created by our our, our sort of governments, but but I, and it is interesting to see how you know Canada sort of handles things as opposed to how the states does
2: it. Yeah, well, you, you know, it's it's illegal there, so so it's a whole different thing, and you have like. You, you, Constellation Brands, which is a a big U.S. liquor company. They are the parent company of Corona Beer and lots of other brands of wine and spirit. And, um, they're a major investor in Canopy Growth, which is, which is one of Canada's largest cannabis companies. And so they're big drinks didn't, Canada legalized officially in October. 2018 and then drinks didn't become legal until about december 2019 and they're just and i think the pandemic has sort of delayed the release of some of them but they're they're starting to finally roll out and reach customers and canopy definitely has a
1: couple of those yeah um
0: yeah for sure um and um to sort of segue into like the 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 next question that i i wanted to ask um in regards to you know sort of safety and like the precautions that a lot of people are are taking during the covid crisis i mean i know for me i'm i've been i've been combusting a whole lot less like i just i i have like a i have like a vapor i have a vaporizer that i use and um um I've, I've been i've been doing that i've been sort of making sort of my own firecrackers and, and what have you but um from doctors from cannabis doctors that i know that i've actually talked to they've been saying like oh most doctors in, in, in cannabis in, in sort of cannabis legal states and medical alike are they're always saying that people should try to avoid combusting but now they're now they're saying that you, now they're Really, really pushing it because of how aggressively COVID attacks the lungs. Um, so I've, so have, so with that, um, I, I wanted to sort of know that I want to sort of ask you if, um, if you're hearing a lot of those recommendations, you know, on your end that, you know, people should just vape, people should use edibles. Um, has that sort of borne out to, in, according to people you've talked to and the things that
2: you've read? Definitely. Um, but not even vaping. Um, y- you know, since the vaping crisis, that really set off a lot of doctors alarm bells about, um, about, about vaping and, and, COVID has now, now has them suggesting really not smoking either because, you know, COVID is, is primarily a lung disease or seems to be primarily a lung disease. And, um, we, we just don't know at, at this point how it interacts with, um, what, whatever chemicals are involved in, in vaping and, and smoking a joint. I'll tell you, I personally have sort of been put off vaping, um, largely by the vape crisis, and I still, I still combust.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, the,
0: the something that hasn't, that's something that has, that's been sort of, that's kind of hasn't been sort of, addressed you know people are still there's not there's still a lot of people that are weary about the vape cart so it's like you have people that are still going to flower because you know it i mean the vape as as the vape crisis has proved even even if the oils are 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 safe or and, and have been tested three ways to sunday if if you if if the vape cart materials that they've gotten from their suppliers overseas are haven't been tested for the requisite you know levels of lead and in, in, in heavy metals, then your your oil can be good and could be safe all it wants to be. But if the if the materials where it, it's housed are, are unsafe, then you know it, it's it's kind of moot. Um,
2: but sure. yeah, I mean, like with the hardware. I mean, there's with vaping. There also seem so like the vape crisis was connected largely to this additive, vitamin E acetate. But there are all sorts of other issues, like with with the hardware, which which comes from China, where you know there are a lot of manufacturing practices um, that haven't necessarily been vetted for safety.
0: Yeah. Um, and to sort of piggyback off that sort of question, do you, do you think like, um, like post sort of COVID, do you think that people, you know, now that, you know, that, I mean, I mean, it's been decades in the making or sort of our sort of globalization of the sort of economy and, you know, you know, people looking to overseas suppliers or vendors for their needs. Do you anticipate that, like post COVID, that that a lot of these firms, um, a lot of these cannabis firms, that they're going to try to do as much of it in house as possible, or not so much in house, but like try to source from American or U.S. based companies to sort of be more in control of of, of the entire supply chain? Do you, like how do you see that sort of going?
2: I mean, I suppose it's a nice thought and, and maybe a couple will are going to try to do this. And, you know, I think with, with the epidemic and with, with the pandemic and um, it, it coming from China, there's been a lot of talk about restoring the American manufacturing base. But This is something that's really only in its early stages. And I, I think for a while, um, <clears throat> You, you know, price is probably still going to trump trump that. You, you, you know, getting bringing in uh, materials from China is still way cheaper than than making them. here.
0: For sure. Um, and uh, sort of another an, an, another thing with regards to sort of consumer practices and consumer sort of behavior during this. Um i've been i've been reading from from some from some researchers and some for some for from some resources that i've sort of looked at that um a lot of people or a lot of doctors are actually- are, are recommending from what i've been hearing that that patients if they can if they have the means to do so should try to stock up if as much if as much as possible if if possible on on a one month supply Um, and I've been reading that, that, you know, people have sort of been taking this advice in doing less sort of transactions. But when they do get delivery, when they do get curbside, when they do get all these various services in these legal states, what they're, what, what they're doing is that they're buying more in bulk and doing less trips. Um, so do you anticipate more people? Do you, Dur- for So, for the duration of this crisis, do you anticipate bulk buying to continue to be a big thing? Or do you think that that's going to fall back when, you know, when, you know, when, when all the states reopen and when this sort of has been deemed safe for people to sort of resume their usual sort of
2: activities? You know, it, it's hard to say. Like, as our business column, Dan, Dan Mitchell, his latest Story looks at, and, and this is at weedweek.net. I hope your re- listeners will, will check it out. You, you know, he talks about how COVID is changing buying habits. And so that is definitely one of the trends that people. Yeah, are, I think
0: I looked at that. I think I saw that article.
2: Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> but, uh, <clears throat> so the, but another so another interesting trend and this goes against the doctor recommendation is that flower sales seem to be way up um and and that re- and that may reflect both that flower costs less a lot of people have, have lost their jobs um but also there may be sort of a nostalgia factor you, you know people are feeling anxious and worried and they they turn to something that that's familiar to them
1: yeah i never i never thought of it
0: that sort of way um like like i mean i like the like the buying on value makes sense because that's that's what i usually do um and i i live in massachusetts and um you know cannabis compared to much of the west coast the market is it's still a pretty young market um you know even even when we legalize adult use um dispensaries by the time the first recreational dispensaries opened, the medical, you know, the, the medical sort of dispensaries, um, were still, you know, there, there's, they still only had, or my state has still only had the medical dispensaries for, I mean, it was, about three years they were only open for three years for when 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 the first um recreational dispensary opened i want to say two years ago so it's still it's still really new it's still a very sort of um expensive market um um yeah i mean it's still sort of expensive at the moment and um so i mean i i just go to flower because it, it saves me money but um but, but yeah, I mean, it's, but people are sort of turning to sort of the familiar things that they're, that, that they, they benefit from. And, you know, I, I find that interesting that people that even though flour and smoking, it isn't as safe for people, um, people are still turning to it. Um, and that kind of leads me to my,
2: so can can I ask, and you, you know, you don't, you don't have to answer me, but um, with the the stores in Massachusetts now closed, do you have a medical card, or what 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 are you what are you doing, or, or what are people you know doing?
0: Um. Okay. So I I I've I've been in the medical program in Massachusetts for about uh, since 2017. I up I mean up until February, I I sort of let my card lapse um, because. Like 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 I've been saying, medic marijuana as an industry is still new. It's still even the medical dispensaries that have been around for about five years at this point. They're still very expensive. So I didn't, I I didn't renew my card, um, because um, yeah, I didn't renew my card because the the products are still very expensive. So um, I I have a caregiver that I, I I go to out of state that sort of. Charges me a a price that I can afford, so I've I've just been doing that. I've just been going to sort of um, other caregivers and and what have you, and I've been I've been sort of just getting from traditional sources and and donations from from friends and people I know. So that's kind of how I've been going about it. But because in Massachusetts, our governor our governor Charlie Baker closed the adult use stores. Um, a lot of people are, a lot of people that would just go get their medical needs met through the adult use market. They've been, what they've been doing is that they've been getting cards and, a, and I think they, they had like a record number of cards for, I want to say March and April because of that. And they've, and then they've put telemedicine sort of, uh, they put telemedicine regulations so people can certify through the phone. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll renew again anytime soon, but I've just been going to sort of other sources that are more affordable because we pay about, we pay about 15 a gram for medical. So that's, that's, that's co- what I've been doing in, in other words. All right. So to, yeah. So to sort of piggyback off off that about like people going to what's familiar um so with companies sort of reducing their 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 offerings to just core offerings and trying to keep sort of expenses as a minimum do you notice that like the sales of of you know sort of staple screens like like let's say the like og kush or girl scout cookies or blue dream or do you notice that patients are having more satisfaction with the market now that they can get these sort of old reliable strains and you know and those are more likely to be in stock and those are more in stock because people because these companies are are cutting back do you notice that patients are more satisfied with the market now during covid than they were before when they had all these strains that they didn't necessarily use or care for.
2: So I I mean I'm not sure that um sort of product selection is actually going down but there does seem to be sort of a flight to to some degree to the familiar. Um like one one person told Dan that they thought this is going to make it really harder for for new brands to break out because one of the ways that new brands sort of reach customers is through bar t- bud tenders. And bud tenders aren't really working right now. So introducing them to, to new products through sort of electronic platforms and stuff like that is is sort of sort of unproven. But the the other shift in consumer behavior that we're definitely seeing is a shift to value. So one example is that Candescent, which is a company here, um, and their, their CEO used to brag that their, their flour costs, costs like 25% more than everybody else's. They just released a brand called, I think, Baker or Bakers. And it's a, a deep value brand. And you buy, as I understand it, like a, a pouch of shredded, flour. So it, it doesn't have that sort of same presentation um, as, as Candescent does, but it, it gets the job done, and he says it's aiming to keep people shopping um, on the legal market as opposed to um, going through an, an illegal
1: dealer.
0: So is this shredded flour? Is this kind of like a shake in a sense? Or
1: I guess so, yeah
0: awesome um so so in regards to just like 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 cannabis businesses both like you know dispensaries and sort of cbd sort of vendors and and cb and hemp flower vendors um so do you notice that um so are there so let's so now that you know now there's a lot of dispensaries in both legal states and in 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 states that just have sort of cbd um so do you notice like a certain segment of the population specifically in in adult use states do you do, do you notice that they're turning to products that they're that they can get just online, like like just CBD, or people just being like, I mean, why go through the curbside pickup? Why go through the sort of, you know, why go through the added measures? Why of, pay the of, taxes? Yeah, why pay the taxes? Why go through the added sort of, um, you know, hassle that has been added? And um, and are people both? Are, do you notice more people are turning back to the black market or? Are um, or, or are people also sort of turning to just CBD shops because a lot of places you can just get hemp flower on the internet. Um, so what 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 do you what have you noticed on, from a consumer sort of standpoint?
2: I'm I'm sorry. Can you can you repeat the question?
0: Sure. Um. So with a certain with a certain segment of the population, specifically in a lot of um, cannabis um, legal states. Um, do you notice that people are foregoing the the added hassle of getting cannabis and are just going either to the black market or opting to for things like CBD-only flour that they can just get
1: online?
2: I don't know. I think in California, you know, where um, delivery is widely available, at least where in Los Angeles, where, you know, in much of the state you can't get legal product. But, but, but I think in, in a place like LA where delivery is widely available and, and the, the shops have really bent over backwards to, to accommodate, um, the needs and, and fears of patients, I think people are still shop, shopping it there. But again, you, you know, the taxes are, are a big burden. So, um I think that more than anything else is what's gonna push people to the illegal market.
1: For sure.
0: For sure. Um yeah, I mean in a lot of in a, even in a lot of like legal states, um, there's still a lot of like there's still a lot of reefer men, there's there's still a lot of local control banning dispensaries and and what have you and even even in medical states there isn't enough sort of dispensaries to go around often because of of, of local control. Um but I mean, it's nice to see that in states like California, where there's delivery, even in areas where it, it has been banned, um, people can still get their stuff delivered. Um, here in Massachusetts, we didn't really, we didn't get, um, like we were still working out the details of delivery. So we didn't get to get the delivery stores up and running before this happened. But, um, I definitely do anticipate like our cannabis board, like having a greater urgency now than they did before because uh, because of of covid and delivery services and curbside becoming very popular um and that kind of leads me to um my sort of next question um so with with places sort of cutting back to essential staff and despite like record demand for the product and, and 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 record commerce um, do you think that the scaling back that, that companies are having to do across the board, and especially with cultivation staff, staff do you think that there's going to eventually be like a impending supply shortage? And we, we, we already know that that has been happening with sort of hydroponic, uh, out, outfits that, you know, are sourcing their products from from China and other outfitters overseas. Um, So do you so do you anticipate a a impending sort of supply shortage of of cannabis? And which markets do you anticipate
2: that being the biggest problem? It's definitely a it seems like a possibility. I haven't heard anyone sounding the alarm quite yet in, in California. But it could definitely happen. But, you, you, you know, with the essential status, that probably helps. I, I would imagine because that enables sort of grows to operate and stuff like that. But, um, but there certainly are, it's certainly a possibility.
0: Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, because now you're having, um, you're having companies go down to sort of their skeleton crew. So, I mean, I mean, I've never grown cannabis before, but I'm from the things that I've read about sort of of wider sale cultivation, you need a certain level of staff to sort of, you know, make sure that, you know, the, I mean, to make sure that the plants are getting the right nutrients to you need a certain amount of people to do trimming. You need a certain amount of people to handle all bits of the process to make a pri- final product so um yeah i mean i mean it's, it's interesting to note like you said that it it is a possibility because you're having so much staff being cut cut down uh, across the board but i mean i haven't like i haven't seen any uh, i mean to with 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 the people that with my connects and the people i talk to in massachusetts like i haven't seen a supply shortage coming up, but it 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 does feel like looming. It does feel like it does feel like it could happen at some point, like you said. Um. So um. So, I guess the next question I wanted to to ask, and um, I I know you're pretty busy, so I only have like um like about three more questions um left no to ask. at all. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so so the next few questions all right so the next thing i i i had that i wanted to see if you might have known about is that um with like what do you think what do you anticipate might happen with cannabis post covid do you anticipate um do you anticipate companies for the time being or until maybe a vaccine is developed staying with 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 the Current sort of precautions that they're taking with sort of, you know, more sanitation around the dispensaries, um, you know, limiting capacity, having only curbside pickup, having delivery um, and all that. Do you anticipate a lot of markets staying with that? Because I I read an article like I want to say yesterday about Colorado saying that they're probably going to stick with the precautions for the immediate time being. Um, so what, what, what do you feel is, is, is going to sort of happen, um, post COVID in, in your estimation? And do you think that a lot of, um, do you think a lot of companies that might have been struggling pre COVID might sort of sell off to sort of Canadian vendors or to other multinational, um, conglomerates?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think companies are going to- to do whatever it takes to keep customers coming back. And if that means, um, you know, I think all businesses are going to be much more mindful of of sanitary practices um, going forward. Not to say that the cannabis industry was particularly unsanitary,
1: um,
2: but I think they're going to meet the consumer where the consumer's at.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. You can, you can continue.
2: Um, and, in, you know, in terms of where the industry is going, you, you know, they're tr- the industry has been hit really hard, even though sales are up in a lot of ways. Um, running a business is, is running a pot business has always been hard. And, and it's even harder under COVID and especially – especially since the industry hasn't been entitled to any of the federal relief that virtually all indus- other industries receive. So, you, you, you know, I mean, I think the industry really has its sights on gaining mainstream acceptance and, and gaining the sort of support that um, businesses in other industries ha- have received and, and expect. And i think i think that's sort of where where the industry is focused right now
1: for sure and
0: so so, sort of to 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 branch off of that um so are certain things going to sort of stay like um like um sort of like more curbside pickup and like um and a lot like i and another sort of thing that i remember that was popular probably discussed during i mean pre-covid is that a lot there's been a lot of contention around the cannabis community i know in massachusetts like we always like i mean out like people like people i i've talked to from like cannabis um from other cannabis states they always kind of brand us as like having apple store sort of dispensaries here in the east coast and i mean to a certain degree that's true um but um but there's been a lot of debate about you know about deli style sort of dispensaries where the measure where they weigh out the cannabis and you just get to sniff it and then um you know pr- the up the other the other the name of the other one but the one where they're just pre-packaged but there's been a lot there was debate pre-covid about this but um i would imagine now with you know with with people wanting to stay safe that that's gonna the deli style is gonna sort of fall away even in states like like california or the west where that was popular um what are what are sort of your thoughts on that Are, are 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 states where it's allowed to sort of measure out the cannabis are they going to continue doing that when 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 covid sort of falls away or are they gonna are they gonna cut back on that like and 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 be like the other states that never had it to begin with
2: you you mean like digging into jars and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah no i i think that's probably gonna end pretty quickly
1: (laughs) um So even in states just, like California and like Washington or Colorado
2: I I think people are pretty uncomfortable with that. Like I don't I don't remember to I don't in California they definitely had that but it was sort of going away for a while. And in Colorado where I I used to live, I remember much more of it. I don't know what the status is now, but 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 I would imagine that there's going to be a lot less of this, a lot less of that than there has.
0: Definitely, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of things are going to sort of fall away now. It's just like, like even even non-cannabis related things um, that that we're gonna sadly lose like like concerts and stuff like it just it just makes i mean obviously we have to be safety first but it's just at the same time it's I'm still sort of mourning in a sense um the sort of the sort of way of life that you know we're we've been accustomed to that you know just a lot of stuff that we sort of take for granted that we used to be able to do before we're no longer going to be able to do now um but um, but since, but, but I mean, that's all I've had to sort of bring up. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll let you have the last word. Is there anything you want to, want to plug? Um, can you kind of let the audience know a bit about your work and where they can find you?
2: Sure. Um, so I'm a journalist. I've been covering the industry for, for five years and I'm the founder and editor of Weed Week, which is a, a journalism company covering the industry. We publish three free newsletters, Weed Week, Weed Week Canada, and Weed Week California. They're all available for download. Uh, they're all available for free at weedweek.net. We also publish daily original reporting and analysis on the industry and, and cannabis legalization, as well as reports, um, with the Weed Week podcast and various other resources. So I hope, um, your listeners will check us out at weedweek.net and we're also on twitter and instagram at weedweek news
0: awesome awesome um you guys should definitely check out his website um weed week like very well designed um i was i i I was reading a a good amount of pretty informative articles and um so uh, again i mean so if you're looking to break up the monotony of um of, of other, other vendors and other sort of websites you're accustomed to looking for for canvas news. I would, I would, I would highly recommend you give Weed Week a a shot. Um,
2: but I appreciate um, that so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a problem. It's a pretty, it's pretty great website. Um, so again, Alex, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to talk and sort of answer the questions I kind of had and um um thank you so much for your time I really really appreciate it
2: thanks so much for having me
0: you so you have a good one and and stay safe
2: indeed I will send you I'll send you the audio Do you know when you're gonna post this
0: um so I'm I'm, I'm thinking I might want to post this um perhaps um I'm, I'm shooting for Thursday-ish or Friday-ish, maybe for, okay. for, um, like, like what I usually do with, 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 with these sort of episodes is that I, I'll, I'll release them Thursday. I'll release them like, yeah, like a couple days earlier for paying customers and the general public waits a few more, waits, gets it slightly later. So I'm guessing that's what I'll do with this sort of episode. But, um, but yeah, um, the target is like Thursday or Friday.
2: Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Let me bye ask bye. you, as somebody with a podcast, do you have yeah. a lot of paying subscribers? And like, how does that work? How's that going?
0: Um, I mean, we have a Patreon, um, we, yeah, so we have a Patreon, um, we're, we're, we're gro- I mean, I'm not at liberty to discuss specifics with the number of subscribers, yeah. But I mean, we're, 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 we're we're starting to grow and we're starting to sort of catch fire. Um, we got about, I want to say 2000 downloads per, per month on a, on average. So we're, we're getting people. Yeah. We're getting people from, from all over the world and, um, 48 States, um, plus, plus DC and, um. Plus DC and, and Puerto Rico with, with exception to, I want to say Wyoming and West Virginia, but we're, we're, we're multinational, um, and, and global phenomena.
2: Awesome. Oh, cool. thanks so much.
1: Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
0: And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And if you're in Northeast New England and you're in Eastern Massachusetts especially or or, um, Southern New Hampshire or Southern Maine, then you can get some great and inexpensive CBD flour delivered directly to your door very quickly. And you can do this by going to HTTPS colon slash slash mark ref equals D Scotland. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.